Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Stephen. It's a fantastic day. It really is, Eric. I'm excited about uh, joining you and, of course, our guest to continue our discussion from last time, Aaron Love, on the, on the podcast today. Yes, absolutely. And, and for those that just barely heard that or just kind of escaped your brain, this is a part two. Aaron was on the last podcast, and wow, they dove deep. Now, I, I can tell you it was more of a 30,000-foot view, but they covered mm-hmm. so much ground. You guys were on a roll. Um, we almost had to just put on the full brakes uh, for the podcast. <laughs> it could have gone on a couple hours, but that's why you're doing a yes. part two, right? That's right. There's so much more we can cover. And uh, really, uh, Aaron, uh, uh, with with the areas that he's an expert in and elder care law, estate planning, so important, especially in, in the context of what we're doing for our clients in the area of retirement planning. It all goes together. Uh, he talks about, you know, having, you know, all seasons of life, you know, preserving your legacy and so forth in all seasons. And, you know, as financial planners, you know, we look at people, you know, just get them through their retirement years. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, you know, with what he does is not only helping people through those years, but also even beyond. Uh, so it's very important Absolutely. that uh, we work together and look forward to continuing our conversation. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Aaron, thank you so much for coming back. Well, thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed the first episode. Looking forward to this one as well. All right, let's get it. All right, we'll get it. Uh, Before we get started, I do need to mention that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Aaron Love is uh, with uh, the Love Law Group. His website, if you want more information about him, is lovelawgroup.com. And I hope uh, those of you who have found our podcast today, perhaps for the first time, will go back and listen to the previous podcast, because in that podcast, I introduced Aaron. We spent some time on who he is, what his expertise is, what his passion is, uh, what he's all about, what his firm is all about. And um, as I mentioned before, you were personal friends. Our firms work uh, very well together. We share the same philosophy, values, approach, and educating our clients and helping them really make good decisions. In the, and in the first episode, Aaron, we talked about just the basic planning tools. Uh, we were able to get into the importance of a will, a living will, uh, powers of attorneys for financial matters, for healthcare matters, and even an advanced healthcare directive. And as I, we ended the last episode, I teased everybody and mentioned the fact that we're going to start this show by talking about the importance of document storage and, and really having a vault. And, and where I see this come into play for our clients and for people is sometimes I meet with the surviving spouse uh, of someone who's passed away, and, and you do too as well. And sometimes when we meet with the surviving spouse, you know, we find that this survivor is is kind of lost sometimes. Sometimes they, they're well in, in, in tune with what each other had and uh, what assets they had and where the passwords are and so forth. But sometimes we meet people that come in and they just have no idea. Uh, their husband passed away and he handled all the finances and they're not sure 
if they're missing some accounts. She thought he had two life insurance policies. He could only find one. And this is so important, you know, to me uh, as making sure you have financial peace of mind. And I know peace of mind is something that you're really passionate about as well in estate planning. And so can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of uh, of storing these documents and both parties and even children, perhaps knowing where these things are and, uh, and you know, why that's important and maybe a good, uh, you know, some practical tools, tools on how to do that. Well, once again, Stephen, thank you for having me on. We look forward to diving into these topics. This is often one of the most overlooked things, part of planning. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we try to share with our clients once we've been through a planning process, regardless of what plan they chose, is at the end, we encourage them, tell someone, okay? <laughs> tell your key people. At least let them know where the documents are, regardless mm-hmm. of how you store them. More and more people are using like a, a home fireproof safe kind mm-hmm. of solution, um, Maybe a gun safe if mm-hmm. they're into hunting. Um, they Still, some people do safe deposit boxes, mm-hmm. okay? But they need to let people know that they've done these documents, give them an overview. And so then the people they've named to step in, whether it be incapacity or death, mm-hmm. know where those documents are. So that's huge because yeah. oftentimes people don't know. Right. But – Now you think, okay, we've done our primary documents, and we're going to dig more into some of that, but how about just a list of your assets and your income, you know, just a general list of where my income is coming from, what's the contact information for that, and then Stephen mentioned something else. So much of this is done online now with with, uh, passwords, Mm -hmm. so we call all of that online stuff that you do virtual assets. Mm -hmm. So having those virtual assets set forth somewhere that your loved one knows, that they know how to get to them, they know what those passcodes are. So, of course, you only want people involved in this that you fully and completely trust. But for them to be able to access that quickly, it just helps them with the trauma that they're dealing with because they're either dealing with post-death trauma or something's happened, mm-hmm. a stroke or some other incident that now maybe you're in the hospital. Now you're going to have rehab. Maybe it's going to be months while you're, you basically mm-hmm. are incapacitated. That's often what happens with a stroke. And I actually have this actually have happened with one of our team inside mm-hmm. our office. And having that information available yeah. uh, is so helpful. And in, and in their case, they did pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. but she still had some key questions. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, how do you get to the money to pay the bills for the people that are incapacitated? So mm-hmm. thinking all of that through, whether it's going to be online or having mm-hmm. access to an account, that is really, really critical. Very important. And, and like you said, it, it, you're normally dealing in a situation where there's a, a sudden accident or a sudden death and there's no time to uh, tell anybody what, where to find these things. So it's important to have these conversations for people, and it's all about planning. 
and it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily, you know, like to do, but it's so important to do where it really comes down to peace of mind uh, for both people would know where to go, uh, how to find these, like you call virtual assets. And so there's virtual assets. And then I, I like to look at, you know, what else people leave behind in two ways. And one of these ways I'm going to mention, and there's no way we're going to be able to talk about it today. And that is there's the message you leave behind. So much about financial planning, you know, legacy planning is the money you leave behind. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, uh, the best ways to leave financial assets behind. So we've covered virtual assets. There's financial assets, which is what I want to talk to you about. And then I like to go into, uh, you know, the messages that you want to leave behind, maybe some, you know, videos or maybe some traditions, stories, beliefs, ethics, whatever, those kinds of things you want to pass along, along with your financial assets. Do you want to say anything about that real quick before we get into the the money or the financial assets? Note that Steven said really quick. <laughs> okay, here we go. That's right. There's a book out there called Like a Library Burning. Like a Library Burning. So it takes the analogy that when we die, it's like taking a torch to the library and it burns up all the books and stories inside that library. Mm. So when we die, that happens to us too. Mm. So being able to save some of those, to be able to pass it on, this is so uh, of great interest to me mm-hmm. because I didn't have any of that. My parents married late. My grandparents all married, uh, died early. Mm. So I did not meet one single grandparent. They were all passed. So it would have been awesome if I would have had something, even scraps of paper. But the idea would have been just like a, you know, an overview of their life. Those critical points. How did they make decisions? They come to a crossroads. That would have been so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So that's what, there are many resources. That's just one, the book, Like a Library Burning, but there are Mm -hmm. other resources. Now there's all types of ways to capture that from videography to there are some people that have businesses that help you with scrapbooks. But being able to capture some of that and what you're passing on are values, character traits, key decisions. And if you're a person of faith, that's going to play into that as well. But it's like it's where the rubber meets the road Mm -hmm. of people's life. And you can learn from that. And you go, my kids wouldn't want that. Well, maybe not. But your grandkids, your great-grandkids definitely might sit down and savor that. Right. So something just to keep yep. in mind. Good. I appreciate that. I thought you'd have something to say on that uh, on that subject. Perfect. Kept it uh, short and sweet, but I appreciate that. I'm, I wrote that book down myself, Like a Library Burning. Thank you. So we have virtual assets. We have uh, messages that you want to leave behind. Um, and then really, let's talk about the financial assets, the money you want to leave behind. In simple terms, Uh, People leave behind assets, you basically, you know, and this is coming from me, I'm not an attorney in in one of two ways, either by probate or by contract. So for everybody listening, this is like being in an airplane. Mm -hmm. Let's call it a helicopter because we're we're hovering (laughs) over this. But this is a pretty high view. But what Stephen just identified is really two separate roads. So you have the road of default. You don't do anything. So what happens is upon your death, you pass, and that asset has no joint owner, no beneficiary. It's going through probate Mm -hmm. because what takes an asset through probate is an asset in your name only at the time of death. So oftentimes we guys aren't real excited (laughs) about sitting down and planning, and we say to our spouse, 
hey, it worked out okay for my buddy down the street, right. you know. Well, that's because buddy died first, and all mm-hmm. the assets were joint, or the spouse mm-hmm. was the beneficiary. So, sure, nothing was going through probate. But now we only have one spouse left, mm-hmm. okay? So the point of this is to think about how you want to pass your assets. If you want the probate process, that's fine. There's nothing harmful about it. It's a very organized process to move your assets through who is legally entitled to those assets. If you don't have a will, Mm -hmm. you have one really. It's by (laughs) default. It's in a statute in the book you live in. I mean, in the state that you live in. So you pull that out and it's typically going to be bloodline and that's who's going to get it. But the probate process, it's not evil or anything. It's just Mm -hmm. a court process to make sure your bills and debts are paid, but it's expensive and it's time consuming. Mm. So there are other ways to avoid that, okay? So one is beneficiary designations. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes what spouses in particular forget about, they forget about the contingent beneficiary after them. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you find, sometimes we're in a hurry, okay? And this is us guys again. We're in a hurry. We buy that car. We're the only one there. So we know, okay, I'll just put my spouse on transfer on death. If you're in a state that allows transfer on death on a motor vehicle, not mm-hmm. all do, okay? But state of Missouri does. Well, okay, that's great. But what if you're killed together in that auto in, in that auto accident um, or some other disaster, and now you mm-hmm. don't have any contingent beneficiaries there, okay? Or you pass now your spouse owns it, there's still no contingent beneficiaries and they do nothing, then that mm. car ends up going through the probate process. So the better process, the better would be go ahead, have both spouses on there, then name a transfer and death beneficiary. But you can take that analogy to, I've seen it with bank accounts. By the way, guys, this one's just coming to mind. I had this situation where these people had been married since 1981, but it was a second marriage. Mm. And so the widow comes in, we chat, we go through everything. So all of the assets are passing to her. That's what you know you right. ideally would want. So we're going through the list, except two tracks of real estate. Mm. Two tracks of real estate. Who she had married owned these two tracts of real estate prior to being married, and it never got retitled to her. So here, I just had this happen with a live person where we cleaned this up in the last two weeks, okay? But this is exactly what this person said, and this is what this deceased husband was thinking. He's going, well, we're married. You're going to get everything anyway. This person told me that Mm. in front of me. And I had to kindly say, no, that is not how the law works. Your marriage certificate doesn't have that kind of power. Mm. So in this situation, because they're both alive yet, we were able to clean it up. So we had a deed going from from one spouse, including the other spouse. So at the end, when that deed's recorded, now it's in both of their names. Because we're in the state of Missouri, where one of about about 40% of the states allow you to have a transfer on death deed called in this state a beneficiary deed. Many states would call it a transfer on death deed. So what we did, we cleaned it up. It went from one spouse to both spouses' names. 
Then, upon the death of both spouses, it transfers automatically by this transfer on death deed. So that's a way to avoid probate with that real estate. Now, back to the situation where the lady didn't have that. He dies, husband dies, just in his name. They're married. Mm. So now we have to take two tracts of real estate through probate, okay? Now get this. He had a child before their marriage. Okay. So now, and he has no will. So now we're looking at the Missouri statute. The Missouri statute says uh, half goes to his wife. The other half will go to his children, which happen to be one. Mm. So now these two tracts of real estate are going to go through probate, right. and the surviving spouse is going to end up with 50%. It's an example right. of people not understanding the law and maybe being a bit stubborn, mm. a bit naive, and oftentimes, I'm talking to us guys, right. we're often the culprits, not 100% of the time. Right. So all he would have had to do in that case was add his current wife as a TOD transfer on death and solve that issue. So that's important. So Aaron mentioned that, you know, what, what goes through probate court is the assets that are in your name only, uh, but a beneficiary designation is a contract which uh, that does avoid probate, right? So in other words, someone has an IRA, someone has a 401k, someone has a life insurance policy, whose ever name is listed as the beneficiary, regardless of what the will says. I'm making a statement. I want to make sure that what I'm saying is accurate. So you can tell me, Aaron. So the beneficiary designations are so important because in your IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, life insurance policies, whoever you name, that's where that money's going. These institutions are not going to look at your will. They're not going to ask to look at your will. The probate court is not going to look at the beneficiary designations. If you have a beneficiary designation, it's passing by contract outside the will, outside of probate. True or false? Actually, Stephen said quite a bit there to unpack. (laughs) It is true. In general, his comments are true. Now, I'm going to pick on his profession just Mm -hmm. a little bit, okay? (laughs) So he named all of these things that have natural beneficiary designations. So if anybody on his team or anybody else you're using, they're going to ask you, who do you want as a beneficiary on life insurance or any of those tax-qualified accounts? But let's take a brokerage account. Mm -hmm. A brokerage account is an account that is not tax. It's non-tax. I mean, it's non-qualified. Okay, And it's not part of their normal intake. It's not part of their normal forms to have a beneficiary designation. So we're doing a probate right now for somebody who had pretty good planning. They Everything Stephen mentioned, they had beneficiaries, okay. except on their brokerage accounts. Okay. So their mutual fund accounts. So their... Uh, any so it could be mutual funds, it could be various types of brokerage accounts. These aren't tax qualified. Right. These are taxable accounts. So one of the things you want to say to your rep- registered representative is, "I want a TOD." Mm-hmm. You want to make sure they do that. So they have to pull out additional forms to do that, but you want to do that. Those tend to be, in the brokerage account world, what we see uh, end up having to go through probate because they do a pretty good job of getting beneficiaries on those other assets. Yes. But here's one. This isn't on, okay? This isn't the fault of your insurance guys 
or your registered representatives. It's us. We don't review our planning. So here's what can happen. You have a life insurance policy and you name, and these can go like especially a lifetime policy, some sort of whole life, Mm -hmm. universal life, variable life type of policy that goes on well, maybe for the rest of your life. Okay, you've had it 20, 30 years. You need to look at those beneficiary designations right. because you could, you know, you could have maybe it started out with your parents. Yeah. Well, they're gone. Maybe mm-hmm. you had a wife on there that, well, you're divorced now and your your settlement agreements didn't really address this particular policy because mm-hmm. it was kind of out of mind. And so in other words, update those Beneficiary designations, right. especially what we see, is on life insurance. That's okay. so critical. Very good. Appreciate you saying that. And it's, and it's difficult to contest beneficiary designations. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because this is something outside of, of your control. It's outside of probate. Um, it's a contract yes. with these individual companies. Yep. Now, Stephen did make a mention that this would never possibly go through probate or he implied that, Mm -hmm. that isn't generally true. That's generally true. Mm -hmm. But if the person who died had a lot of debt, Mm. it is possible that those assets that are passing out of probate, that a creditor could initiate a lawsuit Mm. through the probate court system open a probate court called a creditor's estate, Mm. and then go after these assets that are outside of the probate process. Wow. But really, everybody, that's all still part of our stewardship and part of our planning. Right. Is to have a way to deal with all of that. So if you had that kind of debt, the ideal would be you would have maybe life insurance. Or if you have a hard time getting life insurance because of your health, then you're getting some credit insurance on those individual debts, such right. uh, such as a home or a car, that helps out those that you're leaving behind. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I appreciate that clarification on that. That's important to know. So uh, the money that we pass, the, we leave behind to our heirs, it's going to get to them either by this probate process in court or it's going to go to them by contract. The contracts are, as we mentioned, beneficiary designations, transfer on death, payable on death. Those are all contracts. It goes directly to those individuals outside of probate. And then there's trust. A trust is a contract and thereby uh, whatever the trust says will dictate where those assets go as long as, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, things are retitled in the name of the trust, the beneficiaries of the trust and so forth. And so again, a trust document uh, is a contract that allows people to avoid probate. Correct. It certainly does. But here's how it has to work. Mm-hmm. Th- let's bring it alive because you're just hearing our voices. Okay. Picture your sugar bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is a sugar bowl that just has the packets. It doesn't have the granular su- sugar in it. Okay. It's just there. It's got different types of, of sweeteners inside of it. Okay. So you got your bowl there. It's mm-hmm. empty right now. Okay. okay. So now you're going to offer your guests an empty bowl, right? No, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do, you're going to put those packets in there. So when a trust is created, it's a set of legal documents that says this will happen to what is in the sugar bowl, okay? okay? Right. So you got to get the packets in there. So the way you do that, they have to be retitled. So perhaps 
mm-hmm. a piece of real property could be retitled into the name of the trust, or it could be by beneficiary deed into mm-hmm. the trust. The same thing with your checking account. Mm-hmm. So many banks are requiring you to close an account when you want to want to rename it into the trust. They really wouldn't necessarily have to, right. but there are banking laws that are very strict these days, but you're going to use your social security number for the trust if it's mm-hmm. a living trust. The IRS is blind to that trust to your lifetime, so it's going to be your social security number, the same social security number you have on the account right now. But, so what sometimes is just a little more practical solution using a trust is that checking account is, if your state will allow it, Missouri does, the account can be transferred on death to your trust. Mm -hmm. So upon your death, that sugar packet called your operating account, your checking account, is automatically dropped into the sugar bowl. So everything that you want controlled by the trust has mm-hmm. to either be retitled or have a beneficiary designation. Otherwise, the trust will not control it. I see. So you, someone could have a personal property, their, the house they live in. They could retitle that to the name of the trust or TOD it to the trust. Same with cars. The trust could own the car, you know, be the title on the car or the, uh, the car could be TOD to the trust. Is that what you're saying? Correct. In addition to money. Correct. Okay. We we he's exactly right. We think best practice is to make the car TOD to the trust okay. because you change cars, right? You know, and uh, if you if the car is owned by the trust, it does require extra forms by mm-hmm. the Department of Revenue to make that transaction. But just make sure it's transfer on death, and so your cash accounts, whether it be brokerage. Um, checking, credit union, whatever, everything you want controlled by the trust is retitled or by beneficiary designation. And then the advantage then is once, you know, one person passes away or both people pass away, everything now is in this trust. Everything is now in the sugar bowl that you said. And now because of that, you the advantage, I guess, of having the trust in is, I know there are several, but one would be just simplicity. Now you that one document dictates where everything in that sugar bowl goes from that point forward. Uh, I guess it's about simplicity and it's about avoiding probate and, you know, saving cost after death. He's, uh, Stephen's exactly right on that. In the first episode, we mentioned that what takes you through probate is an asset in your name only. So when that asset is now retitled into your trust, it's no longer in your name. And so that's what's driving the trust to control it. Mm-hmm. So... That's the that's the great benefit. The other thing with a trust, you can have a lot of contingency planning mm-hmm. in it. If this person dies, it can go to this person. You can control better from the grave, okay, because yeah. if you have young grandchildren, so those grandchildren, maybe you want them to get it at ages 22, 26, and 30. You're not able to do that with a transfer on death mm-hmm. mechanism, so that gives you more flexibility. Maybe, maybe you have a beneficiary that is disabled and needs what we call a special needs trust or supplemental needs trust. You can do all of that kind of contingency planning inside of a trust Mm -hmm. that you can't do with just transfer on death beneficiary designations. That's excellent. Yeah, I always mention to our clients that if you have a need or desire to have any control of the assets after you're gone, there is only one way to do that with a trust. 
That's correct. And so for those of you who are just uh, joining us again in this podcast, this is our guest, Aaron Love, estate planning attorney, elder care attorney of the Love Law Group. His website is lovelawgroup.com. And you can find out more information about him and his firm and his team. And um, in the previous podcast, we, we learned more about him and his firm and, and these basic documents. In this one, we're diving down into um, the assets, the financial assets that we're leaving behind. We've talked to Aaron about probate. We've talked about doing things by contract. And so you have these documents, it goes through probate or through contract, and then it goes to certain places. There's only certain places the money can go. And I'm just going to mention them and I'm going to just wind this up and let you go in the last part of our show today. But, you know, I basically, you know, simplify it by saying the money that we have is going to go to either individuals, it's going to go to trust, it's going to go to charities, or it's going to go to the government. Have I missed anything or what would you like to say about where the money eventually goes, regardless of how it gets there? That pretty much summarizes it. So <laughs> the more you plan, the less it's going to go to the government. Mm-hmm. So that's – it's got really like kind of uh, uh, a seesaw. The more you're willing to invest in planning, the less that will go to the government, mm. regardless of how much you own because right. – Part of going to the government could be the court system. It can be yeah. very helpful to go that way. But on the other hand, it's eating up time and assets that could go to your family or to your charities. Mm. The other thing is you have a lot of IRAs. You need to talk to Stevens Group, mm-hmm. Wise Wealth, on how maybe you could minimize the tax on those IRAs by involving charities if you're charitable-minded. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where your charity donations are coming from to maximize the return on those dollars. So that – what does that mean? That means more planning. So the more you plan, the more your dollars can get where you want them to go when you are gone. Excellent. Uh, Aaron is is outstanding at analogies and stories and relating these you know, really complex uh, documents and uh, in things into simple forms we can understand. We really appreciate that. Um, Aaron did mention, you know, charities and uh, certainly, you know, we are believers in donor advised funds. That's one way to give the charities. Um, another thing is through qualified charitable distributions. Um, as Aaron mentioned, out of IRA accounts, 401k accounts, giving it directly to a charity uh, whereby you don't have to pay tax on the distribution if it is done properly. And uh, Aaron mentioned the seesaw and, and and the importance of planning. That's really what this show is about. It's really what my firm is about, Wise Wealth. It's also what Aaron's firm is all about, Love Law Group. It's about planning. Planning leads to better decisions and better outcomes and really ultimately peace of mind. You know, most people who are listening to this podcast would be people that have saved, that have invested, that that have that want to plan for the future. And it's just better to do that. And you know, we deal with it from, you know, a retirement planning perspective. Aaron's dealing with it from, you know, if someone becomes incapacitated uh, as they get older and then even beyond death and why it's so important. And once somebody has these documents, we know, Aaron, from a financial planning perspective that when someone has a retirement income plan in place, they know uh, that they're going to have the income that they need throughout retirement. There's a great deal of peace of mind. I can imagine it's the same with people who sit down and actually do estate planning where they know um, my virtual assets are going to go here. My financial assets are going to go here. We know what's going to happen if either one of us become incapacitated or die the importance and and the peace of mind that gives people. 
Yeah, and there's two parts to that peace of mind. One is to have the documents in place, mm-hmm. but also to have wrestled with who are we going to have in those key roles? Mm-hmm. Who are we going to have be there helping us make decisions if we can't in a hospital? Who do we trust to manage our assets to make sure our bills are paid if we're incapacitated? Mm-hmm. And then the peace of mind to know our lifetime of assets are now being passed on to who we want them to go and the way we want them to get there. Because sometimes trust planning is to protect the beneficiaries from themselves. If they're mm-hmm. spendthrifts, right. you're trying to protect them, to stretch it for their lifetime. And those are all of the kind of things that go into planning. Right. And then, as we mentioned in the other episode, it's telling somebody, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Telling those key people. I just had a family report yesterday. They they were actually excited. They'd taken this suggestion. Sit down with your family. And they did. And they said it was great. The family mm-hmm. gave us this feedback that we're so glad you've done this. That's right. That's and we're right. so glad you let us know kind of who would be needing to get to the hospital and all of that. These were all adult children they were mm-hmm. talking about or late teens. But that's the benefit of sitting down and doing this kind of comprehensive planning we're talking about. Outstanding. Aaron, I really appreciate it. Appreciate what you do for your clients. Appreciate what you do for uh, clients of Wise Wealth that uh, we've worked together on. Um, for those of you who, uh, again, want more information about Aaron Love or his uh, law firm here in the uh, Lee Summit, Missouri area, you can go to lovelawgroup.com. That's lovelawgroup.com. If you're more interested in financial planning and getting a retirement income plan together, that is our firm, which is called Wise Wealth. And you can get more information at wisewealth.com. Great to have you on the show, Aaron. Today, just like last time, we appreciate it very much. And Eric, I'll turn it back over to you. Absolutely. I, again, just blown away by the tremendous amount of information that has been packed into this podcast. And of course, you've heard it before, audience. The last podcast was part one. Please go back and listen to that uh, and get a notebook. You're going to want to take some notes for sure. Aaron, thank you again for being here. Um, You know, as we wrap up this two-part podcast, do you have any closing thoughts? Stephen and Eric, I just so much appreciate the opportunity to be on board. Uh, Thank you, Wise Wealth, for having me. And everybody listening, just enjoy that planning process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we want to thank you again, Stephen, for bringing Aaron on. And Aaron, uh, again, fantastic episode. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for listening to Simplify Your Retirement Podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.